This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Wednesday. This is the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. EK's on fire. Your defence is terrified. Five goals in four games and we all thought that we'd not signed a striker. How wrong were we? Hello and welcome to Wednesday Till I Die podcast. I'm James Mapping and with me this week to go over yet another win. I've not said that many times this season. Uh, back-to-back wins for only the second time uh, is Neil. Neil, first of all, mate, how are you? You all right? I'm very well, James. How are you, mate? Yeah, all uh, all good. You know, we can't stop winning at the moment. You know, three was it three <laughs> wins in uh, in four games? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. I mean, for those that don't know you, um, we're recording this sat at the opposite side of the world, quite literally as well. Uh, whereabouts uh, are you, Neil? It's uh, I'm in uh, Adelaide in South Australia. It's uh, seven pm on a Sunday night here, so it's. Uh, yeah, bit of a change, probably your usual time for your pod, but certainly not uh, on your end at the minute. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's an early one for me, but uh, it's all good. You know, two young kids have been up for a couple of hours already, to be honest. So I'm uh, I'm absolutely fine. Um, and yeah, the it's absolutely boiling where you are as well. I wish we had that sort of weather. Although yesterday with the sun, I thought it were about thirty five degrees because you know sat on that north stand. <laughs> I need to bring a cap um, because. Yeah, yeah, that I would. I had my hand up, just trying to block the light all the time. To be honest, there were one bloke sat just in front of me to the side. Ingenious. Mm. He, he had um, he had a woolly hat on, but then he had his ticket. He had a paper ticket that he, he had his ticket like underneath his woolly hat, creating some sort of like visor almost. And uh, and yeah, I, I thought that would just you know, I'd, I'd, I'd never 
never thought of doing that. I mean, he looked like a bit like a twat, to be fair. Um, but, you know, <laughs> if he could see the game yeah. and he weren't putting his hand up, then fair play to him. Yeah, you have to you have to start getting yourself a, a woolly hat with a peak on it. That's what that sounds like. But yeah, certainly no uh, certainly, uh, no woolly hats over here at minute. It's been a nice thirty five degrees here today, so shorts and t shirts, and I've I've got my uh, air conditioning and my fan blowing as we speak. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a hoodie on. <laughs> go go figure go figure. Uh, anyway, enough of weather chat uh, for this uh, for this podcast. Do you know what as well? I'm absolutely knackered. Um, I would, I came, I came out of Rillsby yesterday feeling like I'd run around for 90 minutes. Honestly, those final, what, 10, 15 minutes were just draining. Felt for- like a life, felt like a lifetime, didn't they? Oh, tell they me about it. go on then last 10 minutes. Well, Do you know what? I mean, I don't think, I don't think I've got any nails left. That's for sure. Cause I was like, kick it, kick it. You know, like that bloke who sits behind you. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Don't get me started on him, mate. Like, Christ almighty. Like, honestly, I nearly turned around and asked him if he'd renew, renewed his season ticket and then, you know, I was waiting to be disappointed when he told me that he has. Because, um, yeah, he, he was constantly going off on one, saying, do you know what makes me laugh, yeah. right? I don't, I don't mind people having a whinge and a moan. We all, we all like to go to football for different reasons and people like to go yeah. to have a, get it off the chest. But when you're shouting to to kick it long i get that that's fine if you don't like playing out from the back and you think you know ball's going back to keeper i get it some some people don't like that not everyone's fully on board with the modern way of playing football but then when we do go long and it doesn't come off don't then start shouting saying what the fucking hell is that (laughs) you've literally just told him to do that i mean it's not it's not like he's listening to you to be fair but you know you're shouting for it so when he does it and it doesn't come off don't then get annoyed you can't you know you can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? They, oh, honestly, I would, I have to bite my lip. I will bite me down. Bite my lip, bite yeah, my tongue. You need, you need to say something. You need, you need to tell him to come out with a different catchphrase or something because get it for him. It's not, not the one to be saying no. all the time, is it? So. No, not really. Not when we're scoring uh, the goals that we're, that we're scoring. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about the football then. Obviously, I always like to sit, talk about before the game, what what your thoughts were? I mean, were you fairly confident that we could get some out of this game? You know, before we kicked off. Uh, yeah, I was quite positive, really. I thought I, I thought we'd get a result. I actually predicted two one. I think I put it in the Discord chat. So, but I said Ugbo and Bannon mm. to score. So, I'm quite pleased with that prediction. But yeah, we had to, you know, we had to sort of hang on the end, and it was a bit a uh, bit of a, a long last ten minutes. That's for sure. But I think overall they deserved it. But yeah, before the game, I were. I was confident of getting three points, to be honest, um, and and I was quite pleased the way they reacted when um, when Bristol City equalised because I thought normally, or in certain games this year, we've just sort of gone oh no, and then we've kind of collapsed, haven't we? So um, no, I was pleased pleased with that. But yeah, before the game, I thought yeah, three points, and I, I sort of said two one. So yeah, uh, shame I didn't put any money on it. To be <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, for me, I, w- I weren't going in it like thinking it were a dead cert that we were going to win the game. You know, I think that, I think whenever, whenever you do that, you always come a little bit unstuck, don't you? But I thought that the fact that we'd, you know, we'd beat Millwall in the way that we had, um, all right, there were the Leicester game, but then before that, you know, the, the game against Birmingham at home was another fairly convincing win. And I just thought that w- that kind of expectations returned a little bit after Huddersfield. I know I've referenced it a few times, but after Huddersfield game, I had like zero expectations. I just thought, you know, going into the Birmingham game, I thought we were just going to get beat and it, that we're going to be at the season. Mm. We're going to come to a, a, an abrupt end. But, 
now I'm going in thinking like them nerves have come back thinking come on I hope we win again I, I, I hope we get a win today um I'd you know I, I'm, I'm not going to say I would have took a point because I, I feel like it is a game you know the the that this like block of three games or four games including Millwall yeah. <clears throat> I think were absolutely massive but I, I feel like for like going into going into game at Bristol City I had that expectation again that we could just do it and we could do something but yeah it, it was it's, it's good to have them nerves back i think as well because you know you don't want to be going into a game yeah, i think i mean i just i think that just uh, recently as well and obviously since danny rolls coming i think our home form is is massive like the next obviously a couple of games when we've got plymouth and and even i think leeds is at home as well into i think yeah but yeah. um you know even 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 those games you know I'm I'm confident in our home form. Um, it's the away from home that obviously we need to try and pick up them extra points or maybe snag three points. But certainly home form, you know, the the way that the the players respond to the crowd and vice versa, and, and Danny Rose, like his interaction with crowd is phenomenal. I mean, you you see him on sidelines and he's he's literally kicking every single ball with him with them players, isn't he? Yeah, he's I'm... just spurring him along. It's, it's, it's like he's like us as a supporter, where you know you're saying pass it here, move it there, and and do that, and he, he's waving his arms around, and he's he's. I mean, he must be absolute knackered at the end of the match. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I sit on the north stand, I, I can I can see him, uh, you know, on the opposite side of the pitch, and yeah, he's, he's he gets very animated. That that's for certain. I mean, you touched the, on the home record. I know we're kind of skipping on a little bit, but uh, seven wins, two draws and three defeats under Danny Rail. That's 23 points out of 36. Obviously, yeah, stark contrast yeah. to the away form, but he's he's really, you know, he, he, I think when you're down at the bottom, if you can win your own games, you know, pick up the away points when you can, but, you know, the, the home form, is, is, I think it's vital. And he's certainly, uh, he certainly sorted, like, he certainly sorted that side of things out. Um just on the, you know, on the game as a as a whole. Then before we before we touch on the starting lineup, like for me that the, these wins against you know especially at home and the in the manner that we that we won the game, I think they're the ones that you need when you're at the bottom of the league. You know, I thought we were on top. I thought we were good value yeah. for the win, but how many times Neil have we said that we've been on top and the, and the better team? And you know, not just this season. I think you know, in in football in general, and then you come away with nothing, or you come away with a draw, or or, or worse, you know, like I said, a, a defeat. But it's good that we're on top, and we actually made that count this, uh, you know, this after, well yesterday afternoon. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, when when Danny Rowe first came in, obviously our chance ratio went went way up compared to when it were with Cisco, and and we weren't converting them chances, were we? And I think last the last four or five games, you know, with the exception of the Leicester game when we didn't score, um, in the other games we've not actually created as many chances. But when we have, we've taken them. You know, Ugbo, like you're saying at start at start of the program, Ugbo's on fire. Like he's 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 had you know, probably about seven or eight chances and he scored five goals. So I think the difference in the last four or five games is that we've started to become that clinical in the box and just finishing off our chances as opposed to before the ratio of goals to chances. And I don't know what the stats are, but ratios to goal to chances were like a lot less. You know, we were, we were creating 12 chances and going, oh, we should have won these games. You know, maybe Watford at home when we drew, I think it was, when we had loads of chances. And, and we come away with a draw and, and we're sort of downbeat about it. But now it's like, you know, 
I mean, obviously we'll come on to it, but Hugbo's first goal, one touch, turn, bang, goal, you know. Yeah, that's, fantastic. That's, I mean, we start we started to be clinical a bit, you know. You mentioned him being clinical. <clears throat> Ike Ugbo, he's he's had seven shots on target. He scored five goals. Um, he's had seventeen shots in total. I mean, let's re- not forget. I think he's hit the post twice as well. So you know yeah. that that yeah. a couple of inches either side, and that that could have quite easily been seven goals uh, for the season. And that's just you know he's averaging three and a half shots a game. He's, aver- he's, he's averaging one and a half shots on target a game as well. And, yeah. you know, five goals in four games now. He's, you know, we, we will talk about him a, a little bit later on in a bit more bit more detail. But, yeah, to have someone that's as clinical as that, we've certainly been been missing it. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's quite refreshing to see, really, because this season I've, I've been banging yeah. my head against brick wall, you know, in terms of, you know, we didn't bring a striker in in, in the summer. It was clear and obvious that we that we needed one, but we didn't bring one in and um, struggling for goals. I mean, Anthony Masaba were leading goal scorer for for large parts of the season, and he's not he's not exactly prolific either. So, so yeah, it was just yeah, just quite quite refreshing to see. Like I said, I mean, three wins out of four now, six goals we've conceded three, nine points from twelve. It's like promotion form, that, isn't it, Neil? And no, I wouldn't have thought. You know, if you said to me, yeah, if I said I think, to you, like you know, two or three months ago that we'd, we'd be we'd be doing this, you probably you probably laughed at me to be honest. Yeah, and 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 you know what? On, on back of that disappointing result at Huddersfield, obviously, I think it's come out in press last week that they had this meeting and they all had a bit of a, a home cruise and and stuff and cleared the air and stuff. And then since then, there's just been a you know three wins in four. But you know, if you if you think about that Huddersfield game, you know, really we should have been getting points from that, and we didn't. It was so disappointing to come back with three wins out of four, and you know, to be honest, Leicester, we we gifted them two goals. They mm. they didn't create that many clear cut opportunities, and we still had our chances. Clean sheet second half against them, so yeah, plenty of positives. But I think that's kind of coincided a little bit with. Um, that little switching formation that Danny Rolls come up with three at back, which uh, you know we might touch on as well when we when we go through to other things. But yeah, j- just when you said about the the Huddersfield game, I think I think you're right. He, he did come out. I think he spoke to someone in Germany as well. I don't know who it was who he, who he spoke to. And you know, obviously, I, I've not. I, I can't confirm this, but <clears throat> I think that yeah. up until that point, Danny Rill was. Everything he touched, and I don't want to say turn to gold because we were, you know, we weren't winning every single game. But you know, he could do no wrong. Uh, you, like Southampton putting Deshaun Bernard in the number six role was probably a mistake and everything. But mm. um, I think that was the first game where he properly got it wrong, like in terms of the yeah. tactics and yeah. style of play and everything else and, and what he was doing. And I don't know if he just kind of if it not. I don't want to say knocked him down a peg or two because I, I think that's probably the wrong wrong words to use, but kind of made him realise a little bit that actually, you know, you know, I can't just play gung-ho football and, and cause I think, I think that's what, that's what happened against Huddersfield. He, he just kept, he kept his foot in and, and thinking, let's get a goal back straight away. And, and well, and it, and it just mm. all came come crumbling apart. And I, and I feel like it's made, maybe made him reevaluate how he needs to do things that, at the bottom of the league. And I feel like that, you know, especially yeah. the game against Millwall was more, we've not seen that, that, kind of type of play almost you know letting the other team have the ball and saying go on then what are you going to try and do do with it rather than going out and all out attack and, and surprise and we were more calculated and and I feel like you know it, it, it is after that defeat that's kind of you know it's no it's no surprise is it that 
they've had this home truths meeting with the with the players and the staff yeah. and everything, got everything off the chest, and and he's kind of realised right, we're in we're in this together. We need to all you know, yeah, well, let's do me, let's stick to my principles, but there's you know, there's more than one way to to skin a cat, as they say. So, yeah, yeah he's um, gone. I, I think I think he has stuck to his principles. He's just changed it slightly, you know, like with the three at the back, putting the wing backs in. Um, obviously, the the uh, lone players that have come in with Beadle and um, Perveda, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, that they've now got like a month under the under the belts at the club, mm. and they've bought into how he wants to play. But he has changed it because we obviously everything went out front back. We made them mistakes against Leicester even, and then last couple of games, Beadle's gone a bit longer. Uh, you know, Smith's come on at, at last 10, 15 to hold up the ball. And then when he's gone to this three at the back, which I think kind of worked, that's why when he changed it to last four, uh, sorry, last 10 minutes yesterday and put four at back, Johnson were getting absolutely battered down that, le- that, down that left side. But um, I think with three at the back, Palmer at right centre-back and Valentin, Valentin's, if you watch the sort of goals, he's almost been inverted and come inside. Yeah. And Palmer's still gone on, Palmer's still bombing on as a right back, so he's playing to his principles, but he's kind of just tweaked it a little bit. And whether obviously you've got um, Pedersen and Chris Powell there, and and they're well experienced, especially Chris Powell in, in the Championship. And we've still got to remember that Danny Rose only 34, 35 years old, and he's learning. So if he's just taken a little bit on board from Chris Powell or whatever in these last three or four games, you know, credit to his background, his back team staff as well as him because. You've got to, aren't you? And end of the day, you, like you know, we've got twelve games left now to stay up. So you know, that's we've got a twelve a twelve game season, really. Yeah, just on that as well, twelve games. You know, if we do, I say if I don't want to say when because uh, and I don't want it too too confident. But if <laughs> no, when, like, when James, let's be positive. Let's be positive. If slash when we stay up this season, I was talking to Steve coming home yesterday, and I'm like. I don't want to, you know, we talk a lot about Chan Siri and I feel like it's been great not talking about him for for at least yeah. a couple of weeks anyway. Um, the problem's not gone yeah. away. It's just, you know, you've put it to, we've put it to, you know, it's not quite at the forefront of our attention right now. But I, I feel like if we if we stay up this season, he needs to back Danny Rail in the summer, 110%. And I don't mean signing these six-month loans or, you know, I mean actually signing some quality players that, you know, mm. because you, you see what Danny Real's doing with not, you know, they're not his players. I know we've brought in four, you know, four players and, and they're all performing, um, you know, since January, you know, Ugbo and Pervader, as you've mentioned. Um, but some some players of the ilk of Jan Pervader, you know, I don't, I don't mind, you know, they don't all yeah. have to be permanents. I get that. I get like what, you know, championship clubs do have to sign loan players, but he needs yeah. to put his hand in his pocket and actually back the manager. And if he can't do that or won't do that, then I feel that's the point where he needs to, he needs to hold his hands up and say, look, I've, I've took Sheffield Wednesday as far as I can, um, or, 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 or I can't take him any further at this point in time. I need someone else to come in and, um, and, and move them on. Or, you know, look, it's not going to be a two-minute thing. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to be a takeover in, you know, in a, in, a, in a month's time or anything like that. It might be a little bit longer, but certainly you've seen it where these, these outside investment, you know, the buyers will just inject X amount of money into the club until they've until they've bought it. Um, and look, and, and I know we need to learn from his mistakes and not do what we did, back, you know, back in 2015 and, you know, and, and mm. ultimately 
that's why we're in the mess that we're in. I think really by yeah. signing these older yeah. players with long contracts that they can't get out of or don't want to get out of, and you know, and you know, and everything else. But he, he needs to he needs to do that. My only worry is I feel like Danny Rill's turning water into wine at the moment with the with the players that he's got. Because you know, I don't. I think we are probably overperforming the the squad that we've that we've got. There is some uh, League One players yeah, think, plays yeah. in there. Uh, it, saying saying that though, he's got you know. I mean, you, I suppose you've got to give a bit of credit to Cisco for bringing your Masabas and your Kasamas in in some regards because they've got two or three-year contracts and I think they're the kind of players that Danny Roll would probably look at bringing in anyway because mm. they're young, he can develop them, they, they can play his style, that you know, the fast, exciting, all these, you know, the Paveda get, gets you off your seat, you know. Um, I think that that's a Danny Roll kind of player. So, yeah, he's kind of turning, um, you know, water into wine, as you say, in terms of the... the the sort of um, the squad that he's inherited. Mm. So yeah, there will be a there will be a big overall in the summer. Obviously, if we stay up, it, I, I agree with what you're saying. He needs to back him. If we go down, I hope we. Obviously, there'll be a different kind of uh, regeneration of a squad. But you know, end of day, if Chancery, which we're, we're all you know hoping, if he puts his hands up, which is a big ask, and says, "Look, I can't do it anymore, and I'll sell you, I'll sell the club to whoever." Uh, you know, we all hope that that happens. I think realistically, but whether it does or not, I don't know. But if he does stay on, like you say, yeah, he's got to back him. Otherwise, you know, Danny Roll's going to be snapped, snapped up, and he'll, he'll be off somewhere else. That, that's the thing, and and I'm just looking and look at what he's doing with the squad that he's got now. What what can he poss- What what can he do with with a better squad, like with with better players? You exactly. See, yeah. yeah. I, I think Pervera, in terms of technical ability, is by far the best player that we've got on the pitch. You know, um, just mm. the things that he does is is absolutely incredible. Um, and I just think if you, if we had a team of Pervera's or or uh, ability wise that all that that level, Christ Almighty, like you know, they're the players that can. That can do what he's what he's asking. I'm not saying that the players that we've got can't do it, but there's a t- you know it's taken a while to get up to that sort of that sort of level. If we're bringing players in that are at that level already, then you know we could be a you know we could be a, a formidable force. And and I just but my only worry is that because he's working miracles with what he what he's got, I feel like Chantier mm. is going to go. Oh, fantastic! I can buy these cheap shit players, and he's going to turn them into something half decent. And and yeah, and, and and that's he's he's not got to think that he's not got to, you've got to speculate to accumulate. Um, and I, I don't want him to go down that route of, of just bringing in as beans and and everything and thinking, well, you know, do what you can with that kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, when was the last time we spent two or three million on a player, let alone two or three million on three or four players? It's not happened, has it? And and that obviously works both ways with the club not selling players for money when they've had an opportunity to do so as well. And um, you know, if we stay up, is is there any truth in going back to this uh, that American striker? I can't remember his name now, but Duncan um, Maguire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is is there any is there any truth in what was circulating about him? Because obviously the Blackburn deal fell down. Is is if Danny Rolls identified him as the target and this thirty thousand a week striker. And we were close, or we weren't close. We'll never know. But if we do stay up, is is he the kind of player that we're going to go yeah. back in for and and splash out big on? You know, you'd like to think so, but don't, don't get be. me wrong though. I, I I don't want us to go out there and get in the same mess that we were in before. I'm not asking for us to no, no, for, no, for no. us to go stupid and you know five and ten million pound players and everything else. I just feel like you know I I get the impression the players that we brought in in January 
weren't the top targets. I know Pervade has been fantastic. I know Ogbo's been been fantastic as well. You know, you could you could argue maybe they were maybe they were the top targets. But I feel like there was probably other other targets that we've that we, that we missed out on and, and didn't get for whatever yeah. reason. Um, and I just want us to, I just want him to have the best possible opportunity. I say him as in Danny Rule of, yeah. of doing something brilliant at the Sheffield Wednesday. And we've got we've got that manager now. We've got that manager that can do something, and it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And pretty much. I would, I would go as far as saying 100% of the fans are fully behind him. You know, not a bad word is said about them. And how, how many times have you heard, have you, uh, have you, you know, been in that situation? You know, we're 23rd in the league. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're next to bottom. Yeah. We're in the relegation zone. And yet he's got the buy-in from every single fan. And and we, we've just got to, we've just got to use it and, and push forward. Because if not, it's just be a, a massive opportunity lost. And, and a, you know, the, I mean, there's other managers out there that's, you know, I'm sure there's other managers that have an equal standard as Danny Real. He's not just one of a kind, but it's going to be damp. You know, it's going to be so difficult to to get someone to come in, at, you know, uh, in it that, that, that's similar to him. Let, let's oh, no. you know, let's yeah, talk no. about starting lineup then. Um, unchanged from the side that beat Millwall two 0 last time out. No fresh injury concerns. Um, I know Dominic Iofa were fit. Um, but I, you know, it was unlikely that he was going to get straight into the side. So it would be Dylan Gold, Palmer, Hecker, and Bernard, Valentin, Volks, Bannon, and Johnson, Paveda, Masaba, and then Ugbo up top. What were your thoughts when you saw that lineup? I mean, I called it in the morning on Twitter. I, I thought we could see an unchanged lineup for what I think is the first time under under Danny Real, and probably the first time this season as well. Um, he had no reason to change it, did he, really, Neil? No, no, not at all. Um, I were happy enough with that because obviously the the performance last week against Millwall were were, were good enough. It, it did the job, and obviously he probably he, he might not have had many options to change anyway. I know Kadamatri came back in off bench. Good to see Domai offer back in the squad. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly uh, didn't have any qualms about it, and and no no qualms about keeping to the same system neither because um, it, it worked against Millwall, and and we needed that that doggedness again to to dig in yesterday because yesterday could have been you know a lot different to how the result turned out bristol the no mugs really to be honest yeah what what's your stance on keeping us uh, an unchanged lineup are you that traditional person that's like you know never change a winning side or does it do you not mind when you know when there's two and three changes every week and kind of rotating the squad and, and everything else yeah, I mean, obviously we're not there all week for them. We were through training, and if everyone's fit and firing, and and you're trusting them players to do do the job again, if they can implement what you need for that opposition, because it might be it's a different um, tactical approach from playing Bristol than it is to Millwall. But if it were the same, then fair play. But yeah, it obviously brings that continuity as well. Um, you know, you see Bannon and Johnson linking down that left. Is um, Perveda and Valentin down the right a little bit now, mm. sort of linking in. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind not changing it. I was, I was a little bit surprised not to see um, Momo Diaby on the bench, and Shipston, Shipston just came in from nowhere and sat on bench. But you know, yeah, and you know that that sort of that 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 begs begs the question with me regards to like letting George Byers go when you've not got any midfielders available. It's just it didn't didn't make sense. But yeah, I didn't have any. 
I didn't have any uh, qualms about the lineup. It were uh, yeah, fair play to it. same team. Yeah, just just on that, though, I suppose George Byers going might have just allowed us to bring Jan Paveda in in terms of the wages and stuff. So uh, you have to, you know, these the, yeah, other true. things that you have to that you have to look at. But I do, yeah. I do, I do get what you're saying. Um, yeah, for, for me. I don't. I don't mind chopping and changing. I think that the football is a squad game, um, and you, you know yeah. you, you're gonna have to rely on these players that are your fringe players to come in at some point. You know, with injuries and and the like. You know, Windass is out injured at the moment. You know, uh, uh, I also know he's come back, but he's been out for a while. So there has been injuries to the to the to the team. So you've got to call upon these players. So you don't want to be calling up someone in yeah. twenty games and into the season that, that's not kicked a ball. Do you know what I mean? That's right, and he said that, Antio, over the last four, six weeks. We need all the players. We need all the players to be ready. Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, fair play. But uh, and, and everybody has been, really. Everyone that's come in has done a job, so. Yeah, fair enough. Can't rumble. Let, let's move on to, you know, the the, the first half then. I, I, I thought we... I thought we started pretty brightly. I know we, you know, we scored fairly early on for you know, 16 minutes on the clock, but I thought, you know, up until that point, you know, it was a bit of back and forward, you know, that Bristol City came and, you know, they weren't just going to sit back. I don't think any team's really going to come to Hillsborough against next to bottom mm. in the league and, and, and just put 11 men behind the ball. But, you know, they gave it a good go and it were, I thought we we were looked a little bit more attacking than than perhaps we did against Millwall, which I, I wanted to see that really. I want us to get a bit more on the front foot, especially at home. Um, and yeah, like I said, it took sixty minutes for the first goal. If you if, you know if you if you watch it back, your head comes out of defence. I mean, Valentin, he passes it to Valentin. He's actually the furthest man forward when he uh, you know before he comes back to receive the ball. Sends Palmer on his way. Yeah. First time cross. Ugbo's there. He's lurking. That movement again, you know, to get in between both defenders. I mean, the ball comes behind him, but I think that's you know that's the only place where it where it can be. It takes his, you know it takes the first touch, steadies himself, left foot. Yeah, he, that's his weaker foot, by the way. You wouldn't you wouldn't think yeah. the way that he finishes it. Um, <laughs> and the keeper's got absolutely no chance. I mean, I want to say smashed it, but I think he more kind of caressed it uh, almost like yeah. you know uh, round, did, yeah, round did, goalkeeper yeah. 12 yards out keeper no chance it was a fantastic goal weren't it Neil it was and I think uh, and like I sort of touched on a little bit earlier where he's adapted that playing style Danny Roll it was definitely off um, off the training ground because realistically Palmer was in the right back position and Valentin was in that this inverted position like basically off the striker mm. and He's fed Palmer out wide, who's then in the sort of wing-back position, if you like. He's whipped it in, first touch behind him, but he just like turned and, like I say, it, it, it were almost like a natural instinct of a, well, natural instinct of a striker, dare I say it, James, that striker that we never signed. But, <laughs> and I'm saying, and I, I, I think, I don't know, I'm sure it's yourself that says, oh, I can't see Ugbo getting them eight or ten goals this season. Yeah. And lo and behold, he is because... But yeah, great ball in by Palmer, great move. Obviously, Valentini and that it tucked inside, and it's like one touch, turn swivel, bank goal, and it's like, yeah, brilliant. You know, it, it, it were right. Like it, think, it, it would just. It's a long time since since we've kind of seen that that kind of clinicalness, you know. That and it's almost like he didn't even need to look where the goal were. He picked he picked the ball up, you yeah. know, like I said, twelve yards out. He's got into that space. I mean, one, it's a great pass from Palmer to find him. You know, one thing he's getting in the box, the other one, you know, the ball's got to come to you. And yeah. I suppose you, 
he has to do what he, what he, what he's done. You know, the, the, he has to hit it in in the way that he has done because if not, defender's going to come on him, and you know, if he's going to try and turn, he's going to get tackled. So to have that that instinct to you know to turn on the swivel and and hit it, and it, it almost took me by surprise, really, the way the way that we that we scored. And well, I think I think I think normally you're we're, we're kind of so used to them having an extra couple of passes in box and laying it out and doing other stuff. It just literally went in box, one touch, turn, shot and goal. And like, oh, okay, that's how it's done. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, <laughs> it's sim- simple but effective. But again, going back to that, it's like, he's just been clinical. That's it. Mm. He's a striker. He wants to score. He's on form. Why not? Just hit it. I and mean, it, it, like you say, he didn't, he didn't hit it with his laces. He just caressed it in the corner and put it in put it away from keeper yeah um the lead didn't last well it didn't even last 10 minutes 25 minutes in um knight scored for them with a header from a corner uh from gardner hickman and by the way like it, it, it Gardner hickman's giving me i who was it now where uh, i know it's not um i'm gonna say good johnson it's not good johnson there was a player i think it was an icelandic player who had the a, a huge surname on the back of his sh- shirt oh what about him? Venegord of Hesselink. He had a he had a long name, didn't he? On his back. and his his name is that long that the number has to be like had to be like right down on the bottom of his shirt. It just didn't look right. If that were me, I'd have just had to shorten my surname or something, or just gone with Gardner or Hickman or something. I know that's not his name, but I'd, I'd have had to yeah. do something because it it looks a bit silly on his shirt. But anyway, he put a fantastic cross in for the corner. I've watched it back a few times. It's actually Ike Ugbo's man who scores who scores the header. I don't know if you've seen that. He, it's he, do you know what? Yeah. We, I know we're saying it's a free header and everything. The defending's got to be better. I think it's it's well worked from Bristol. They use the whole basketball technique of uh, you know the the blocking and the and the guards and what and what have you. He runs past the the defender. One of the Bristol City players moves back. Ugbo can't get past him, and that just gives gives him them you know that couple of yards yeah. that he needs. I and, mean, yeah, it, it's a good header, but. At first off, I'm thinking, how, how's Beadle not got it? Because he kind of like looked over him. Six foot six, thinking, smallest, like... smallest six foot six goalkeeper I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, and then I'm thinking, why is there not a man on the post? Mm. You know, to edit out. And so there were there were a few things, and I thought, oh, you know. And but I think one thing that we have not been good at over the last couple of years is one defending corners and two actually scoring from them yeah so i don't know what goes on at training camp but that that came to, it's like oh we conceded how many teams come and score corners against us you know straight in headed goal but we, we don't seem to do that ourselves i don't know i mean i know bannon's got to get it past the front post to start with, but... <laughs> yeah that's that, that's a task um, in itself isn't it to, to be honest um but yeah, yeah so i our kind of oh free header yeah fair enough and then you know, like I've said before, the 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 response from them getting that goal was good. Like they could have easily gone, oh, you know, shit, here we go again. Like, um, yeah, but yeah, they dug in well. But yeah, I, just, I, just on that, just on that, Neil, why on corners? I'm just looking now. So we've we actually <clears throat> we've conceded. Well, we've we've given up 96 shots from a set piece. That does include free kicks by the way um yeah. which is the sixth lowest just in comparison Watford 149 um shots that they concede from from set pieces in terms of goals we've conceded 10 which is 
the sixth worst. I mean, Blackburn, 14, um, mm. 13, 12, and then obviously, yeah, we're on 10. The best is Hull have only conceded five from from set pieces. And yeah, it's, when, you, when you look at it on the, uh, on the opposite on the opposite side, we've only scored five, which is yeah the fourth worst from set piece. Yeah. Again, that does include that does include free kicks. I don't know. Um, is, is Gregory's goal on the opening day of the season is that classed as a set piece goal? It probably is. You know the way that it gets nod, nodded down. But I know what you mean. Yeah. In the in the a crossing and a header from a from a corner. Yeah. I think the last one's got to be McGuinness last season against. Um, Whoever it was at home, yeah. um, I can't remember what yeah, in, in the, in the like, pissing rain. And, and and that that's the thing is like we we seem to concede them, but I mean I don't I don't even think any of our centre backs have scored this year, to be honest. And I, I can't really remember them getting much last year in that in that respect. But um, when 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 we don't have that, and other teams do have that, where you know your centre backs might get two or three goals each. That's you know six or seven goals for a season. And we don't get that. It's just it's just putting so much extra pressure on everybody else. Well, yeah. mainly the strikers to score the goals. And yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know what we can do to change that. But you know, never mind. We'll probably we'll probably say that um, Icky will probably get an hat trick next week. You never know. But- I hope I hope he does <laughs> uh, against his former club against Rotherham. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, Icky and uh, Michael Smith combining to to get a few goals. You're right. Yeah. We ain't got we ain't got a centre back that's scored. The only defenders that have uh, that have scored is Marvin Johnson. Um, if you yeah. want to, if you want to class him as a as a defender, I know he's been playing a lot at left back and he recently this season. But now, uh, Juan Delgado, uh, he got he got a goal in against Hull earlier on. Was but, he? Uh, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of centre backs, you're right. We haven't. Deshaun Bernard's not got not scored one. Bambo, Ehequa, you know, not none of them have uh, yeah. have gone score sheet. Same, same with long throw-ins as well, though, James. Same with long throw-ins. Like we we keep last few games, Volks has been putting these long throw-ins in. And they just get headed out and then they clear it and you're like, what, what, well, what's the point in putting three centre-backs up? You know, we're not really capitalising on the long throw-in. So, yeah. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really persist in that as well. I'd just rather get him, take a quick throw-in, get it into Pervera's feet and he can just take it on rather than uh, wasting time because we're, we're, we're not being successful from it. So Yeah, before that goal as well, I thought, you know, we had a chance where Valentin bombed down the right-hand side and he... Got caught in between two minds, I think, and you know, the, the, I've seen it from the opposite angle, um, from from where I was sat, and I think Bristol City just do well in kind of covering off all all options, and he, he tries to float it in, and you know, it gets uh, headed away. <clears throat> but I, I th- yeah. at that point, I, f- I felt like he should have smashed it across the box, and anything can happen. Yeah. You know, you get a corner, you get a deflection, and and everything else. And obviously, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And then, you know, lo and behold, a couple of minutes later, they go down the other end, and and we're, it, it was it did felt like a bit of a sucker punch, really. I thought the response yeah. from the fans were great, though. You know, I, I don't know if it came across for you, but we score a goal, and it's like oh, shit. But then there was a, there was a roar and a cheer, and, and like, come on, you know, it, it were. It, 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 there were no getting on the fans uh, on the players back or anything like that it, it was like you know they all we all come together and come on we can we can do it and yeah we had to wait until just before just before half time um i mean yeah I, 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 at the time I, I thought that he just hit ugbo i thought he didn't know much about it but i need to i've, I've done him a bit of disservice really because he well he, he he puts he he actually gets his head on it doesn't he and he nods, nods it in and yeah. Uh, Pervera gets yeah. stands it up at the back post. It heads clear only as far as Johnson and just, just as I've been saying, just smash it, smash it in. It's um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a cross come, well, a shot come cross. Um, and yeah, he gets his yeah. head on it and keepers had no chance really. It's, it happens that quick. Keepers just stood still, in he? And we just, he just, he just kind of directed, directed it, didn't he? And used, used the, um, the, the sort of speed of the pass, the speed of the shot from Johnson that just, he just fired it back into the box and he just used the pace at ball and directed it in. But again, just like we, like he did with first goal, just that instinct He's just knows where to go. What he, he knew he didn't have to do anything with it because the pace were already on the ball, and he's just directed it in and stuck it in bottom corner. So yeah, yeah fair play to him, and he's in, in, in right place at right time. And Johnson, you know, did right thing and just you know pumped it back in there. But I think just before that, for the second goal, obviously Perveda stood that up for the second goal. But a few minutes before it, it all started from when um, Perveda did this little. Little maneuver on halfway line and just basically broke someone's ankle, took it past them, <laughs> and started. And then he, he he started an attack, and I think we got a corner from it. And then we got like two or three corners in succession where um, Johnson's pings one over a ban, and then he's pumped it into the box, and there were a bit of that pressure. And then then we've got the goal, so it kind of like sparked from that little bit of magic from Perveda, where it's like we all do, you know, all over years, we're all like getting off our seat when someone's, you know, like that. Um, and then, you know, Perveda's create, he's been part of that second yeah. goal, but also just before he dinks it in, again, Valentin and Palmer are in them positions where Palmer's out wide, Valentin's inside, and then he plays it to Perveda. So, yeah, you know, another well-worked goal, Ugbo's instinctive sort of nod of the head, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. All all round it were uh, yeah good good goal and and a good response and a good time to get the goal as well. You mentioned Perveda there. How impressed have you been since he's come in? Because for me, he's like a little magician. The the way that he can control the ball, you know, the ball's come from Moon, um, and he and he can just, he just the ball just sticks to him. And not only that, there were a moment the ball the ball had gone up and it were you know difficult one to control and you watch him and he's got into position bear in mind like the sun's sun's difficult to you know yeah. pick the ball out and he's looked up and you watch him and he's looked up then he's looked where where the players are as well and then obviously looking for you know a, a, someone coming to tackle him seeing that nobody's around him so he's controlled it turned and then straight away we aren't even thinking the ball's gone straight out to the left hand side i think it was johnson mm. and, and he started some you know started an attack and and you look at that and you think, you know, I mean, I know these these are professional footballers at the end of the day, but there's been times this season where you've, you've questioned whether they are professional footballers or not. Um, <laughs> but just to just to see how comfortable and, and composed he is on the ball and he just wants the ball. He don't, matter, he, don't, he don't care if he's got a player around him. He just wants the ball all the time and he wants to show what he can do. And I think we're quite lucky to, to assign him really. And it looks like he's enjoying himself again. I know I'm skipping a bit to the end, but you see, you know, the passion that you see in, you know, he did it after the Millwall game, fist pumping the fans. Yeah. He, he loves going over to the cop and apps, you know, and, and celebrating with the fans and everything when, when we've won. And yeah, I, I, I just, we said, don't we Neil, never fall in love with a lone player. Uh, I think, I think there's two, I, I think there's two we that, we've, <laughs> that we've fallen in love with uh, already. Yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, I mean, his first touch is is generally very good, and it's he's always positive. He wants to he wants to beat that man. He wants to do a bit of a skill. He want he keeps possession though. That's the thing. If there's nothing on where if there's nothing on where 
he can't beat the player or whatever. He still keeps the possession and keeps it ticking over. And I think what since he's coming, because I, I actually thought Bannon were a bit poor yesterday. I thought his passing were off and everything. But I think we were with that reliant on Barry Bannon over over you know this year, last season, whenever. Is that since Pervader's come in, we've got another outlet and he can create something. He can he can split a defence. He can take a player on. I know Bannon don't really take players on, but you know, look at Bannon's pass last week for Masaba against Millwall. Brilliant. Yeah. But we've got another outlet now. So because he wants that ball, opposition now are going, well, we all know about Barry Bannon, but now we've got to watch this Pervader kid. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're right. He's exciting. He gets the ball. He's positive. Um, you know, he makes he's, he's he's making things happen. I mean, by seventy fifth minute, he looks absolutely knackered, mind. But he's, he's yeah. got to get up to match fitness. But you know, you can't you can't knock him. And like you said, that um, even that you know after game when there's a goal scored as well, he, he's fully bought into it. So whether that's you know down to Danny Roll again, he's he's fully bought into it. I know well, he's only temporary, but. Yeah, well, they spoke to they spoke to Danny Real after the game. I think this on Radio Sheffield, and he, and he mentioned about Jan Pavera, um, and he he said how they've they've got uh, he wanted to, he wanted to say that they've got that bond and everything, and he kind of backtracked a little bit and said that he's got that bond with with all the players. Uh, obviously, this is Danny Real, right. um, but I know I know he's trying to say he he has got a relationship with Jan Pavera and and one that's working, and he was saying how when he's on that side. He, he's always looking to him to you know for that kind of positive affirmation, I guess, of like what he's doing is right, and 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 he's um, you know almost like I suppose, I suppose it's a bit like a father and a son relationship in it, really, in terms of you know am I doing the right thing, Dad, um, and, and everything, and yeah. and, and the, the you know he, he clearly is like he's clearly doing exactly what Danny Real's saying, and that's what I mentioned about you know about Danny Real being backed and and bringing the players in that can actually implement what he's trying to do because we've got to let's not forget that Danny Real has come from a background of you know German national side and, and Bayern Munich playing with, you know working with players that are you know 50 60 70 million pound players we've not got those 60 70 million pound players far from it um so that so it, I feel like you know they're not going to perhaps do exactly what he what he uh, what he's asking of them immediately or sometimes they're perhaps not even capable of it whereas when you get a player like like Perveda he can just do it straight away like he's 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 fully on on board and everything um it Neil half time came well moments after we scored that second goal I mean they always say a goal before half time is you know the best time to score but is it I don't know is it the, I think the best time to score is probably just before full time or maybe just after half time but everyone says it don't they best time to score just before half time yeah. best time to get a goal <laughs> yeah. I mean if, if you're three it up it doesn't really matter but I suppose any time's any time's a good time to score it is when you're Wednesday <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is been yeah um, yeah look obviously just before the break it sort of changes changes probably the mood in the dressing room as well like you know we've, we've just got his noses in front but i suppose then it's about refocusing them and get them to concentrate picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a mcdelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year beyond the pitch beyond the results we're here to connect fans getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans we're a team 
With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. First 10 minutes, because I think Bristol came out first 10 minutes and, and had more of the ball and, and looked, you know, brighter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously, obviously, just before half-time, um, you've got a whole second half to go, so you can't get too carried away with it. But I suppose... You know, if you if you score in the I don't know, say, hundred and twenty third minute for argument's sake at Wembley, there's very little chance for somebody to come back. But yeah, um, yeah that, that that is the know, perfect yeah, time yeah. to score in it in hundred and twenty third minute or ninety ninety seven uh, at Hillsborough. Yeah, there's there's yeah, loads yeah. of them in there. What 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 did you think to yeah. the second half? Because for me, I felt like I felt like we we came out and. Danny Reels mentioned game management, and I think that's exactly how that second half went. I don't think we. It, we, we didn't commit too many men forward. We didn't go gung-ho. I think it was all about just keeping onto the ball. And I know that's sometimes a dangerous thing to do, you know, because, you know, mm. there's only a goal a goal in it and they get a, a, a corner. You know, you, you don't need much um, momentum or anything to, to score from a corner. And, you know, everyone says they only take seconds to score a goal and it could easily have been 2-2 two, two and, and, and you're kind of back to square one again. But I felt like it was one of those where take no risks, just kind of wait for that mm. opportunity to, to arise, try and catch them on the break if we can, you know, using the pace of Perveda, Masaba, Valentin um, and everything. And and it was, yeah, not a, not a great deal happened in that it, second half, did it really? No, but uh, I, I, like, like you say, I think we were solid. We, they, didn't, they didn't really create many chances. I think the only way that they were going to score, which again, scares the life out of me every time is set players, you know, corners, free kicks, because we can't, we can't bloody defend them basically. Um, but yeah, we, we did, we did catch them up break a few times and, um, you know, we should, we probably should have got another one. I think, I mean, I think Paul Valentin was unlucky again, furthest, yeah. furthest player forward on one, one of, I think, I don't know, I think he might have been Bannon that played him through and then he kind of got caught under his feet a bit and then he's gone past defender and had that shot and it only just went wide, but, you know that were another chance, and then um, you've got Ugbo when he we did that air kick when Masaba's yeah. base to Paveda. So we had a couple of really good chances on break just to finish it off. And I think three one would have been a little bit less less nervous in that last ten or fifteen minutes because oh, it, I mean, yeah, just just, just on that chance that you I said think, about uh, think, the, the Ugbo had a you know, fresh air it. There was almost like just hit it, one of you. Like when it came across to Perveda, yeah. I thought he was just going to smash it straight in. To be honest, and then when he when he squared it to, to Ugbo, I'm like, that's got to be it. Like you know, I was waiting for the net net to bulge. Yeah, he just and missed it. He just I know, missed like, it. Oh, I know we've been we've been bigging him up, haven't we? But yeah, just <clears throat> I'm just waiting for that ball to to nestle in that in that bottom corner. One thing that did happen in the second half. Um, was obviously a red card for Deshaun Bernard, second bookable offence. Before we talk about that one, should he have perhaps gone in the first half? Because he brought their man down, and I don't know what you thought about it, but yeah, what what did you think? Yeah, uh, to to be honest, I thought yeah, I thought he should have gone in first half. I think he were lucky. It were a clumsy, just clumsy one. It and he were he were kind of like through on goal really. So very very fortunate to be. 
uh, yellow carded for that in first half. Joe, I've not um, I've not watched it back. In- obviously, I was I was there. I think I think Heck was covering, isn't he? But he he's quite far away. Heck, isn't he? Like, I don't know if he's in. Yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's, he's not. I mean, if he gets past um, Bernard on that that bit of play, he's in because I think Heck was like probably ten, maybe eight, ten meters away the other way, and he wouldn't have got across. So he would have been through. So very fortunate in my eyes. In saying that, just. Obviously, before the second yellow, which you can't really argue about, I thought Dicky. I thought Dicky were a bit um, lucky on that, that tackle on Ugbo when he got a yellow card for them um, yeah. in first half because it were late, it were high, and he knew what he was doing. I mean, he he won't he won't through on goal, but just the height and the lateness of the tackle alone, yeah. I thought that could have been a red. So maybe he's kind of balanced that up after he's given um, Deshaun the first yellow, but then the second half. Um, that is, <laughs> I don't think he's meant it maliciously. I think he's just mistimed it completely. It looks, it looks awful down. tackled, doesn't it? Really, like yeah. he, their player just gets <laughs> a, just gets a toe him. end on it before, and you know it's one of those hard tackles. If he wins the ball, everyone's like, yeah. But I mean, yeah. come on, Deshaun, you're on a yellow card. You you can't be diving yeah. in like that at all. I mean, he's probably thinking, well, he's going to think he's going to get the ball, but. You, you, you've got to be careful because, I mean, look, yeah. it's not cost us in the end, has it, in terms of this game um, you know, against Bristol City because we've won in the end. But by God, those last 10 or 15 minutes were backs to the wall stuff. And, you know, I mean, just on that, it was a proper Chris Kamara um, type you know, yeah. scenario, weren't it? Well, I was I I watching it and because um, um, I think they were going to bring Bambo on at that time. And, and I see... Um, Bernard going off and um, I think even commentator said oh um, Bernard's off Bambo's on obviously he's on a yellow so he's protected him and then he goes down tunnel and they go and he goes straight down tunnel and, and I think John Pearson says is he has he sent him off he sent him off yeah proper proper Chris Kamara there's, there's a sending off at Hillsborough he's <laughs> the Jeff <laughs> I thought yeah. he just got summed off Jeff <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely like that. I'd clocked it straight away. Um, I'd seen it and I thought, ooh, right. that, that, then I've seen it. Give... It, it must have been 10 minutes earlier, wasn't it? Honestly. I'm surprised it, he remembered. I know. Do you know what? I, I said exactly the same to Steve. We were, we were like, oh, he's gone there, he's gone. And obviously, they played advantage and then I think they've had a, had a chance. It doesn't go out of play. We get the ball. We even have another chance as well at this point. Again, ball doesn't go out of play. And it, it, it eventually does go out for a throw-in. And it probably is about five minutes after it actually happened. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is he going to yeah. pull it back? Is he going to pull it back? And he doesn't. You know, I think Bernard actually blocks one. Like not really, He's not on the line, but he gets in the way of a shot. And I'm thinking... I know that I know this is like don't play out because of you know that yeah. shot wouldn't have happened if you'd if it had brought the player back. But I mean like Steve was saying, imagine if he'd have scored a goal. Imagine if he'd have ran forward and yeah. you know and got an end of one and then he scores and then gets a booking and then gets sent off. You know, they'd be up in arms going, Fucking hell, yeah. he shouldn't even be on pitch. Um but yeah, yeah like he had he had no qualms and um I mean just just on the just on the ref for a second as well. I put a I put a tweet out last night. I, I thought he was the best referee that we've had all season. I know we've just mentioned that maybe Bernard should have got a red card, but I don't think it was Stonewall. I don't think it was, um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, he's missed, he's made a mistake. I think it's, you know, you could argue, yeah, he should have got a red card earlier on. Um, A few people have said, you know, he didn't, he missed the time wasting and, and stuff, but 
I don't, you know, when, yeah, when the game's, when the game's nil, nil. I think he's tried to let, yeah. He's tried to let it go as much as he can, and Ian, um, you know, you can say he should have had a red in first half, and I'm saying, I mean, I'm saying Dick, Dickie should have had a red, but he's not giving him a red, and then fair play to him, he's, he's let play on, which we all want referees to do when there's a, yeah. there's a you know, advantage in play, and then he's, like you say, he's sent Bernard off five minutes from five minutes after he's he's but, fouled somebody. So, but for I mean, me, not, I think it's it was like the giving him a penalty. It was the letting the the game flow. Um, you know them stupid, yeah, needless, yeah. like chucking your cent on the floor when someone's just breathed on you. He didn't. He didn't yeah, fall for that. Get up and get on with it, hasn't he? Yeah, but he did it for both sides as well. I think there were a couple of times where Pavera yeah. went down, and he said, "No, get up." Um, and yeah, and that, that that's it frustrates the hell out of me when when players do that especially defenders when they're running you know towards the goal line and they, they feel that touch and they go down and you think that you've you've bought that free kick and and it's an easy free yeah. kick for for a referee to give because nothing you know the defender's in possession of the ball nothing's going to happen the striker you know the attacker didn't have it um they weren't going to score a goal so so that's why they give it every single time but it just frustrates the hell out of me and i, and I don't think he did that Yesterday, I thought that he, he refed it pretty well. Um, I think, by all accounts, he, he refed the the four 0 against Cardiff in the FA Cup as well, um, which which were quite oh, eventful. Can it? we have we all... him every week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can well, we have him every week then? <laughs> I mean, that were eventful, weren't it? With all the penalties that that, that, that Cardiff got yeah, given. Yeah. Um, but no, I, Joe, credit where credit's due. I think we're quite we're quick to dish it out when um, when refs have been poor. I think you've got to mm. equally, you've, you've got to say, you know, and, and give credit where, where it's due when a referee's had a, had a good performance. And I think, you know, if, if the refs, you know, he's not without his flaws. I'm sure there's, you know, every referee yeah. makes a mistake. But I think if we had a referee like that every single time, and look, we've won the game. It's easy to to um, to praise a referee when ultimately, yeah. you know, every decision that he's made has, has had no bearing on the result because you've, you've got three points at the end of it. And I do appreciate that, but I, I felt like, yeah, I thought he, he made it a better, a better spectacle by just letting the game flow, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but but you, but you just said it there though, James, if, if the referee's made decisions that haven't influenced the game, he's done his job, he's let, he's let things go, he's made, he's give it a foul when it's a foul. You know, he's not made any really over contentious decisions. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, was it was it Oxford last year when they got a penalty when somebody fell over at back of yeah. uh, for Mewa? Yeah, you know, it's not like he's given big blunders like that where we can all point the finger because, like you say, we're sat here and going, Do you know what? He had a good game for both teams because he, he didn't really make any massive dubious decisions or, or yeah. poor decisions effectively. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. There weren't any, you know, referees a wanker chance or or anything like that. And, and I know <laughs> that's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah, and I know obviously we were, we were leading for, you know, there was only probably 20, 30 minutes out of the ninety that we weren't leading for, and obviously we we're leading for the whole of the second half. So again, I know it does kind of change your perception of uh, of a referee. It might be a little yeah. bit different if we were perhaps losing, but. Even though you know he's, he's given a red card and and we're still not um, you know we're not up in arms about it we it were fair you know we we knew that it, we knew that everyone knew that we were going to get a second yellow for that um, and yeah. do you know what for me I feel like some referees want a bit centre of attention they want to be the focal point and they want to make it all about them um, whether that's yeah. what they actually think or whether that's just how it comes across but he wasn't one of them you know I, um, he, he was one that that just 
you know, just ref the game as it as it should. Thomas Kirk was his name, by the way. For that, you know, I know some people like to take notice of referees. I, I don't really, you know, people are like, oh fucking hell, he's refereeing again. He he gave us two red cards in them uh, in the last two. T- I, I, I don't even look who the army. I just, that, that- That'll be that. That'll be that bloke who sits behind you. Have probably got them all written down. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. You've got a uh, black mark next to next to some people's names. Um, yeah, just just before we t- do the three word match review and everything, you know, just great scenes at the end. Um, still, people leaving before the end. I don't get that two one up. You know, no. not seeing many wins this season. You've got to stay right to the end. I know people have the reasons and everything else, but. I've not seen as many people. The people that did stay until the full time whistle, there were a good ten, no, probably ten minutes after when Danny Rills yeah. come over, and they're still there. I've never, I've never seen that many people stay after the game and yeah. joining in with the celebrations. I mean, Jan Paveda, he, I know we've already spoke about him, but he absolutely loves it. Him and Masaba uh, are absolutely buzzing. There were a point where Will Volk, you know, Will Volks is like pointing and talking to every stood at the side of. He's obviously saying, oh, "Look at him!" Like you know, like and, and laughing yeah. and, and joking, you know, like like he's a little kid, you know, just <laughs> just getting all excited, yeah. but. Like Danny Real and Chris Powell, they are fully invested in it, aren't they now? Absolutely, like in terms yeah, of the fans yeah. and that connection. Yeah, and and I think I think there's a there's a bit of a, a snippet when Danny Roll comes over to um, South Stand, I think it is, and um, Chris Powell's doing this jump up in air and jump up in air and give each other a hug before they go down the tunnel, like you say. But but rightly so, and I think that's what he's created. And he's created this massive bond between him and the fans, and and we're, he, he's chanting his name every game. But I think it it, it puts on to players as well because if you if you actually watch after I think it's the second yeah second goal, you've got Paul Valentin falling to his knees, banging on yeah. ground. You know, yes, get in there. And Palmer Palmer's in box with his arms in air. I think uh, Iek was on halfway line when it shows another camera angle. And even he's like punching ground. So it's like, you know, falling to your knees and punching ground. You've just you've, you've just gone 2-1 up against Bristol. It's not like you won't World Cup. But, you know, you can see that there's this massive, um, everyone's into it. You know, everyone's yeah. bought into it. And like you say, Perveda's only been there a few weeks and he's, you know, bigging it up to a crowd and, yeah, it's, it's, it's under- brilliant to watch, though, isn't it? It's that underdog mentality, isn't it? That um, you know, because yeah. Bannon referenced it after the Birmingham game that um, everyone's written us off. Like last season yeah. after after the the, uh, the Peterborough game, everyone had written us off there. Yeah, um, and I think that yeah. the players that are, that are still there that are, that were there last season will probably be telling the, the players that have come in like we've done it before. Like it's not impossible. You know, we're ten points adrift, but. It don't matter. Like we, we, there's still plenty of time left. We can yeah. do it. And I think Danny Rills very much like that. He'll be referencing the times that you know. He'll, he'll be looking now and going, well, he won't even need to tell him. You know, three points, three points uh, adrift of safety. I'm sure there's plenty of teams that have survived uh, having been only three points, uh, oh, yeah. three points away and everything. So you know, you don't need to tell him at all. But even when it was when it was eight after Huddersfield, he'll be like, he'll have looked back on the on the stats and gone. These teams have done it. It's not impossible. Like the, the, you can, you can still do yeah. it. They still, you know, we can still finish in this position realistically if you do what we, what we need to do. Looking at the form and everything, and and yeah, it's just, um, it's just so weird that I keep looking. I, I feel like we're we're going for the playoffs. No, if you just took away the league table, yeah. I'd be like, we're, we're, the the mood around around everything now after these couple of wins, it's amazing what it does for you because 
You wouldn't have thought if you did. Like, well, you wouldn't have I thought mean, that we were, we were, we were where we were. Exactly. End of the day, we're still in bottom two. We've, we've not actually jumped up the league the whole time we've been there. But, you know, performances have improved. We've won. We've scored. We've, you know, celebrating every goal, uh, every game as if we are touching on playoffs or whatever. But we haven't even moved in league. We're still second bottom. So it's like... We've not even scored a goal crazy, a game. We're still on 20. We're on 28 yeah. goals out of 34 games. And I know obviously a yeah. lot of that's been tarnished you know by... You know, Cisco at the start of the season and those ten games that he was in charge of, which were an absolute car crash. But, but mm. yeah, it's absolutely mad. Um, but even in that, we've still had a couple of four 0 losses and and all that stuff. So you know, yeah. considering all that's in there as well, it's yeah, it's there's definitely positivity and that gap's getting closer and closer. Yeah, just in terms of that gap as well, I was looking at the league table uh, and some of some of the results. Yeah, not. <laughs> They didn't all go our way, uh, far no. from it. Um, I mean, Stoke lost 2-1 away to Cardiff. They're just three points ahead of us uh, in 22nd. QPR beat Rotherham to climb out of the bottom three for the first time since September, I think it, I think it is. Uh, they're only three yeah. points ahead of us, so they're out of the relegation zone uh, on goal difference. Uh, Millwall beat Southampton, like 2-0 loss to Wednesday, <laughs> changed the manager, beat Southampton 2-1. Um, they're four points Oh, they stay four points ahead of us in 20th. Huddersfield beat Watford 2-1. Uh, they stay five points ahead of us in 19th. Uh, Birmingham was the only other one to, to lose. They slipped to 18th with a 3-1 defeat to Ipswich. Uh, they're six points ahead of us in 18th, as I mentioned. Um, and Swansea won. Blackburn drew. Plymouth won. They're 17th, 16th and 15th, respectively, seven and eight points ahead of us. So they're, you know, they're not, they're not home and hose because obviously, you know, obviously no. they're three points, you know, uh, Stoke are three points better off than what we are. So they're, they're only five points from, um, from relegation zone. So they're going to, you know, that game against Plymouth in a, in a, well, uh, just over a week's time in it, midweek next, uh, next week is going to yeah. be, you know, that, that could be massive. You know, we could have, we, we could have clawed them back, uh, since then right i'm just going to read some of the three word uh match reviews out then um win our games it's game on uh will fucking volks uh, is from matt matt surgeon uh, matt scully said absolutely bloody brilliant uh ross stevens players fighting spirit um hong kong owls it was good yeah it was more than good it was <laughs> fantastic uh billy casper said we battle harder yeah agreeing uh, agree on that one mike bring on rotherham um i'll be there at new york stadium on uh, on saturday my away record isn't great following sheffield wednesday so um to be fair i think most people would say that this season though we, you know, we, have, we haven't seen many wins have we away from home so it's not just me sure. um True. So, so yeah. Fingers crossed that uh, that that changes. Daniel Hancock, the great escape. It would be as well. Like you know, again, when he came in, we were so far adrift. I think the 12, ten points weren't it was the biggest gap. I think or already got had gone out to twelve. Can't remember, but yeah. Um, Mark C. Yeah, ref ref was decent. Yeah, just mentioned uh, mentioned it. Um, Laura Webb played bloody fantastic. Adam Delamore signed them up, obviously referencing Ugbo and Perveda. Um, big Jim, Danny, Danny Roll. Yeah, did loads more as well. So you can go on the, on Twitter or X at WTRD pod if you want to uh, read some of those and get involved. Obviously we do that after every single game um, on, uh, on there. Right. Um, some of the players 
then that we've not perhaps spoken about. Um, well, we have spoken about him a little bit, but Paul Valentin, um, for me, he's playing with so much more freedom since Liam Palmer's come in and he's allowing him, as you've referenced a few times already, to, to get forward. I think always in the back of the mind, he's got like, I've got to get back if 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 it if it do if it goes wrong. And when you're at the bottom of the league, it goes wrong more than it goes right. That's why you're down there. Um now he's got that cover with Palmer and he's probably been told like just express yourself a little bit more. We're seeing that, aren't we? Since that shift in formation, as you've mentioned, he's he's come on leaps and bounds because I think I'll admit I was a bit sceptical about him before. We we all heard about his pace and what he can do, but he'd not really shown a great deal, had he? No, no. I mean, to be honest, at the start, he looked like he was running around on ice skates, didn't he? He just were like running around and, and not really very uh, even, um, you know, his combination wasn't even that good. But um, no, he's, he's been consistent last probably six to seven, eight games, really. He's, he's you know, he's, he's got that pace and he, 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 he's, he looks to do what I think, you know, what we all want Masaba to do is just kick it into that space and run past him, which is what he does. He says, he sort of backs himself, doesn't he? I'm going to beat you. I've got pace. I'm going to beat you. And then I'm going to put ball in the box. But I noticed, like I said, even on goals yesterday and even in last few games, if he goes for, he's, he's, he's the further forward player. But um, there were occasions yesterday where Palmer um, has played the ball. He played the ball from the right back position. And if you if you see the footage, um, Valentin actually starts dropping back into that right back area. So they've obviously been told to cover each other when one goes, other one stays, and vice versa. So yeah, he's, and um, I, I, for some reason, because there was an interview with him as well after the game, and I'm sure he couldn't speak any English when he first came over. He sounds fluent. He's brilliant. Joe, you know what? <laughs> I was just going to reference that again. He spoke to to Rob Staten uh, on Radio Sheffield. Uh, so you know, going to have a listen back to that one if you can if you can get it on uh, BBC Sounds. And he, he he was saying that when he first came, he wasn't enjoying it, and he was quite open and and saying that like he, yeah. he, he couldn't. Sp- you're right. He couldn't speak any English or very 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 little English. So he couldn't understand. Uh, obviously, I know he had he had Cisco there, but I suppose when Cisco mm. left as well, that that you know, I don't know how many Spanish speaking players we've we've actually got. Um, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many how many can. So I think I think I think Bambo um, Bambo can speak a bit because he speaks four or five languages, doesn't he? Yeah. And so, I think uh, I think Windas I think Windas speaks a bit as well, to be honest. Yeah, he tr- he tries. Yeah, but you know. He, you're limiting. I've put myself in his shoes. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy. It's probably easier as an English person going to, going to Spain because there's probably more English speaking people in Spain than than what there is the other way around. Um, yeah. So it, so yeah, I think people forget that sometimes that football is a human. At the end of the day, you know, the, the yes, they play ninety minutes of football, and, and football is an international language and, and everything else. But when Danny Rill's trying to, you know, when you're trying to change the style of play radically. From from one regime mm. to another, and you don't understand, you know what what what's been told of you. You're gonna get things wrong, and you're gonna perhaps misinterpret things. I mean, it's probably things now, even though he can speak fairly good English, that he's gonna misinterpret. But fair play, yeah. by all accounts, he's having two hours of English les- lessons. I think that's a yeah, day. He's he's, he's 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 picked it up very well. And to be honest, if he's understanding of the game now with a German coach. He's better than when he had Cisco, and that was his mate. Then he doesn't say very much for Cisco, does it? No, uh, but yeah, but 
like I said, I think people have to realise that sometimes that that it's not just yeah, absolutely. You know, it's not just about the, the the football side of things. It's about the the person and and him, his enjoyment and stuff. And like like I said, he he was very open, probably because of that. Um, you know, I don't want to say language barrier, but you know, he, he just he just kind of opened up to to Rob Staten, which yeah, I've um, mm. like I said I, w- I was quite critical of him earlier on in the season. You know, making a few mistakes, and I mean again, it's a his first time playing English football and everyone says, don't they, that it's a lot different to, to, to yeah. other football on the continent and, and, and European football, especially Spanish football, the way that they play, play their game. So yeah, I'm, I'm more than impressed uh, with him, to be honest. Um, we've already talked about Jan Paveda. Um, Anthony Masaba, what, what did you make of his performance? Obviously he's come off the back of probably a 10 out of 10 performance against Millwall, a goal and assist. What did you make of him yesterday? Um, oh, it, it wasn't his best. I, I, I would have actually probably subbed him a lot earlier than what he got subbed yesterday. Um, I think Gassam has been a bit unlucky not to start, to be honest, but obviously Pervera's come in, so he's kind of pushed him out a little bit. Um, he showed a little bit in, in glimpses, but I think sometimes he just does, just tries to do too much, doesn't he? You just, um, you know, do what you're good at. And like last week against Millwall, Beats a player, but he didn't actually have to skill past him. He kind of like just played it into space, ran past him, played it across for Ugbo and scored. So I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I think yourself referred to it earlier where, you know, that's what you want to see him doing. Just, just beat like a bit like Valentin does, you know, just put it past the player and, and back yourself because yeah. you, you're quick enough to beat probably most of the players you come up against. So you don't have to do 16 step overs and beat him three times. Just yeah, get past him. I agree. I agree. There, there was a time in the first in the first half where where he definitely did that. There was space behind, and he could have just knocked it past the the defender. He would have mm. he would have beat him for pace, hands down, easily because he would have got a jump on him. Um, but he, you know he tried to he tried to do a bit of skill and everything. He, he Masaba's one of those players that, like for example, Liam Palmer. He's a seven out of ten every single week. I know yeah. last season he was probably more closer to an eight and a nine, but you can guarantee that, that Liam Palmer will give you a seven out of 10 performance every single time, you know, he puts that blue and white shirt on. Anthony Masaba, he can give you a 10, like last week against Millwall, but equally he can give you a five. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and be very mm. underwhelming and, and mm. kind of not, not showing you. I think we have to be realistic though, because again, I keep referencing it he plays for Sheffield Wednesday with 23rd in the championship. Like he ain't, you know, he's, he's not, if he were, if he were as good as what we, or, or if he can kind of iron out all those, those mistakes in his game, he'd be worth about 10 million and probably playing, uh, you know, top, top of the champ or, or even bottom half of the prem. You know, like he's, he's got that sort of yeah. ability in him, but he's just not quite, he's just not quite showing that. And I agree with you yeah. half time. I would, I would have, I would have subbed him off and just put Kasama on there. Like for like, I do think they are very, very, very similar players. Um, they both, they blow hot and cold. Um, luckily yeah. in recent weeks, when one's not been performing, the other one has. Um, so, so it's yeah. almost like they've just, just, just swap places. If you know what I mean, they've both, you know, they've both been performing, um, you know, interchangeably. If you, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I was a little bit disappointed with him, especially off the back of the the Millwall game. There were times where it, it, it weren't Johnson were picking the ball up and he were he was stopping to to collect the ball from a standing start, and 
Just use your mm. pace. I mean, look, it's easier said than done. We're asking someone to keep running and running and running as if they're a robot. Like, you know, like it's, it's easy when you're still in the stands and, you know, you, you don't know how knackered they are. He could have been bollocks. That's why he's, that's why he's not to, uh, yeah, tried to run, run through. But, but yeah, I mean, on the whole, I am I am impressed with, with Masaba and I think there's, a, there's definitely a player in there and Danny Rill is probably the right person to try and uh, try yeah. and get that out of him. And uh, you've got you've got to sort of remember as well where you sort of followed into what we just said about Valentin is that it's his first year in English football. He's still quite young. He's learning the game. He's not probably played as many games as uh, Valentin at uh, senior level. So you know you've got to kind of take them into consideration as well. Yeah. Coming from um, uh, you know Holland or wherever it was, playing in a team struggling at bottom of the league. There's a lot lot of different things that you can put into it. But at the end of the day. When he's on, he's on, and it's great. But, um, you know, you've got to find that consistency, I guess. Yeah. Um, one other player I want to talk about before we move on and, and talk about uh, Rotherham uh, that, we, that we take on next week is Michael Ahequa. Um He's not played a great deal of football this season, but I feel like <clears throat> I feel like he's solid. And I've spoken before about I feel we need a Michael Ahequa in the side, personally. That's, that older head... I know Liam Palmer's, you know, older as well, yeah. but just someone that's solid. And I think there's always a place in the game for a header and a kicker. I'm probably doing Michael Ecker a little yeah. bit of disservice there. I think he's a bit, a bit better with his, with his feet, but certainly in comparison to like a Deshaun Bernard, um, he is a, yeah. when Michael Ecker goes up for a header, there's not many times that he doesn't, that he don't win that header, you know, and, and, he, and he's one of those, one of those players that can just kind of alleviate the pressure and just do do what's needed. He'll he'll do that dirty foul yeah. and get the blue card <laughs> if it was in. Um, you know well, the, the cynical yeah, fouls. That's it. You know he 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 wins the headers. But for me, for me, which I mean, I can't I can't hear it. But I know when you when you you see him on take on when I'm watching game, is an is the organizer, mm. and 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 I think he's actually helped Bernard in the last half a dozen games when he's played alongside him, when Bambo got sent off and then he's not been in the squad. Because um, when Bambo were playing next to Bernard, Bambo's like a bit of a headless chuck, isn't he? And he's just running around and he, he, he's, he uses his strength and his pace. But Iekwa's not got that pace, but he's got the organisation skill. So I think that's actually brought um, Bernard on a lot more as well in the yeah. sense of his game. And he, he just organises people around him. So, yeah, definitely solid yesterday. Headers, well, like you say, header and a kicker. But organising, I think, yeah. is, is the big thing for we get from him. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, what what's, what is it people say now? You know, uh, a, ta- a tackle is is, your, is a first... is a result of a mistake or, or something something along those lines. Like if you, if you have to tackle all the time, it's because you've fucked up somewhere else. And, you know, you don't see him put any crunching tackles. He's more, he just puts himself in, you know, where he needs to be. He leans on the striker. You know, he knows exactly what, what yeah. to do. He's been around the game for so long and playing at this sort of level, you know, bouncing between League One and Championship. So, and, and he's, He's been there and done that with with Rotherham, you know. All right, he's been he's been yeah. relegated probably more times than he, than he than he wants to to have um, with Rotherham, but he's, he he knows what it's like to be in this sort of scenario and and mm. battling for every single point that you that you can get. So yeah, I'm 
whenever I see Michael Hecker on the team sheet, I'm not looking and going, oh, fucking hell, like, you know, he's he's a, he's a liability. We, we, we think that when we see uh, Bambo on there, um, I, I always think... <laughs> I, I, well, that's... I refer, to, I refer to Palmer as being that steady seven, and, and I feel like Michael Hecker is yeah. exactly the same. You know, he, yes, he could perhaps do a little bit more in the opposition box. You know, he, you'd like to think he'd use his height and his strength to perhaps you know, score a couple of goals a season. So that's probably one one criticism. But again, he's not played, he's, you know, a centre-back to get a couple of goals. They're normally playing 30, 35, 30, well, 40 games a season, aren't they? He's not really had that opportunity. So maybe that's a little bit harsh. But but yeah, I'm 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 more than more than happy when Michael Heck was playing. Um, it'll be um it'd be interesting to see who um comes in for Bernard because of the suspension. I don't know if it's one or two games, but um Personally, I prefer Dom to come back in rather than Bambo, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, uh, Dom's got got previous, hasn't he, with with Rotherham scored a scored a goal against them, didn't he, a couple of years yeah, back on his debut? Yeah, and that's a perfect segue into talking about the next game against Rotherham. Um, their manager Liam Richardson has been in for a few weeks. They sacked Matt Taylor, who were there for about a year um, after. That was after what's his face left, weren't it? It's good derby. Paul Warren left, and he was yeah, there for yeah. for donkeys years, six years, I think he was there before that. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, their form is awful. Six straight defeats, one win in twenty two. That came back on Boxing Day against Middlesbrough. Four straight defeats at home. Uh, they have they've only had three wins all season. They have all come at the New York Stadium, Norwich, Coventry, and as I just mentioned, Middlesbrough. Um, Hakeem Adolphin, uh, primarily centre back, he's got four goals. He's their leading goal scorer, along with Tom Eaves, who's um, who's I think he's got four goals as well, but mainly comes off the bench. I've looked and I thought, well, can they've used thirty three players this season? Because I know they've had a lot of injuries, but we have as well. We've used thirty three players, so that's not <laughs> that's, that's not. But when you, I suppose when you think about it, yeah, you've got for us. Um, Delgado, who's not played. I mean, Byers don't even play anymore. Backinson, he played a few games. He's he's not even here at the club. So the, the you know there's players that we've that we've moved on. Davis Vasquez, of course, um, Buck, uh, Buckley. The, the, when you look yeah. at it, actually, we have used so many players. I mean, I've not compared that to to other teams this season. I don't know what the what the average uh, average is, but considering you can only register twenty five uh, senior players, and we've only got a couple yeah. of youngsters. You know that is uh, that is quite a lot that we've we've used. Um, how big is this next game against Rotherham? I mean, obviously it's their cup final, so they're gonna get all flags out and everything. But how big is is Saturday's game? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, to to be honest, I'm probably a bit more confident at Bristol game than I am at Rotherham game because it's just you know you've just reeled off them stats and char- charity wins the FC or <laughs> walk into town and. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's that's a, a massive game, even bigger than last week's at Millwall and yesterday's at Bristol. We've got to get the three points at Rotherham, um, especially given their poor form. I mean, I think they're realistically already down in some regards. Yeah, and we, we've just got to keep this momentum going that we've built up over the last four games. You know, three wins in four games. Let's make it four in five, and then we've got a home game against Plymouth where. You know, then you win five out of six. You know, that's like you said earlier, it's promotion form, but we need it because we've only got twelve games. So, um, I think Danny Danny Roll will do his, um, you know, do his prep like he does every week for the team, and he'll select the team that does the job. I hope we stay with a three-five-two 
I hope that Dom comes in for um, Bernard. Yeah. Um, I just don't know whether he will though, because he's he's only just come back from to fitness. And um, uh, other than that, I don't think I'd really change it because you know we all know Bannon can um, create some. Uh, Pervader's creating stuff. Ugbo's on fire, as you say. Um, maybe maybe Gasama Masaba might switch, and then do you know what? Will Volks is one of the unsung heroes because he just he just does nothing but shit the opposition all game, winds them up. He's in their ear. He's you know off the ball. He's he's even having banter with crowd when he's doing throw-ins, and you just need that kind of player in there. Like it, I don't know whether um, you picked up on it at the game, but on the screen on the watching it last night. When Gasama's by corner flag and he loses it, and then it goes out for another corner or something because he was dicking about with it, and Volks gives him an absolute serve. He proper gives him a proper serving as if to say, "Get rid of that fucking ball." Yeah, <laughs> like that bloke behind you. Kicked <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah, I think you're right you on Volks. Like he, because- he, he is that player that yeah you do need in your team just to. He's like that glue that holds everyone together. And as you said, you know, he's that one that'd be like, calm it down, just like, you know, s- slow it down a little yeah. bit, that level head. Um, and, and yeah, he's, I think he's, I think, I think somebody's. And, and, and you need that, you need that in a game like against Rotherham because it's going to be frantic. It's going to be, they're going to come out all guns blazing. We know it's their Wembley trip, their bloody cup final, yeah. whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I think other than, the force change of Bernard and maybe Masaba Gasama. I can't see changing lineup to be honest. No, uh, I, I have to agree. Really, uh, you know, Ikogbo, he's the informed player at the moment, and he's he, he'll be itching to to get on the score sheet. I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at recent meetings against uh, against Rotherham. We, we've had you know we've actually fared quite well at uh, at the New York Stadium. Mm. To be honest, when you look at it. Um, they beat us, I think, back in 2020. Um, that was the, the the COVID season where they, they they did the double over us. Oh, that means I've got to think about that goal that uh, was it Ladapo that scored after the Izzy Brown infamous Izzy Brown corner yeah. in injury time that we want to forget about. But but no, just looking, you know, one, <laughs> two, three, four. I mean, these these five wins in the last seven at the New York Stadium. You know the. The three two that we had yeah. um, in in injury time that were that were a fantastic game as well. So yeah, I'm, re- I'm really I'm looking forward to it, but like a bit like you, a, a bit apprehensive really because this is the proverbial banana skin in it when you when you look at um, you know they can't buy a win. Sod's law that they'll they'll turn up and and do one over us, but I feel like we've we've got that. With those players that you've been mentioning, Pervaders and your Masabas and Gasamas and obviously Ugbo, but Bannon that can pick out a fantastic pass. We've got those those players in there that can they'll bring the they'll bring the doggedness, they'll bring the grit, uh, and they'll they'll want to make it a battle, Rotherham. Um, but I feel like we've got the players, the, the technical ability with some of the players that that'll be able to just knock it around them, frustrate them. Um, obviously, there'll be a, a healthy away following. I say away, it's not really away. It's cl- cl- I'm closer to New York Stadium than to Hillsborough, so it's, it's, like an, it's like an home game for me. I'll, I'll get I'll get home a lot sooner than what I normally do for uh, for a, a game at, at Hillsborough. But yeah, it, we'll, we'll make it 
you know, na- uh, loud and everything. It's only a tiny ground in it, New York Stadium. Actually, you know, I, I don't mind yeah. the New York Stadium. I think it's all right. You know, for a, you know, when you look at, yeah, it's it, it's enough for what they've got in it. Really, it's just a, a, a tiny ground. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. But yeah, yeah well, it'll still well, be it'll, it'll still it'll still be a one thirty at morning kickoff for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know about uh, that. But yeah, I think if we approach the game like we did with Millwall and we get that early goal, I think their fans will, you know, go home or, you know, like Millwall did because Millwall fans turned on the team and then when we got that second goal, half of them left. So I think it's important that we get that first goal, kick, get another goal. The only thing is... Yeah, the only thing is, Neil, I feel like, yeah, whilst I agree, I feel like a lot of Robin fans just think that, well, they, they, they know they're down already. So... I don't think they'll leave. It'll almost be like like siege mentality that they, you know they're expecting mm. to to get beat, and they'll you know they'll, they'll club together and almost you know there's been times where where we're like laughing and joking and what have you where we're already two 0 down, and sometimes you know mm. I, I don't think I don't think they'll turn on them if if we do go ahead. I think they'll probably try and you know think they, think that they're still in the game unless of course it's two or three nil after after 20 minutes and we've we've put the game to bed but That's yeah i think i think when when you look at the the games coming up we always keep looking at that leeds game uh, uh, and an ipswich as well that uh, not too far away they've sort of got an international break after that you know we've already kind of penciled in two zeros for those so i think it's just imperative that these next two games now you know we've we've done we were talking about the block of four We've done the first two parts. We've, yeah. we've done half the job. We've picked six points up out of, his, out of his last two games. We've just got to finish it off now. A win, a, a win and a draw out of his next two. I said we'd have we'd have seven points out of his next next three. Um, yeah, a win and a draw. However, it comes. I just hope that I just hope we get the win against Rotherham. I can't stand you know. Uh, I just can't stand Rotherham <laughs> fans gloating and, and and everything else because they've. I mentioned it last time. Some Rotherham fans would rather take going down and beating Wednesday than they would staying up and losing to us on Saturday. That's, that's the, standard. That's that's the way it is. <laughs> um, right, we're going to wrap things up there, Neil. No, we're not. I need a score prediction from you for Saturday's game. What's uh, what's oh, the score going to be? For Saturday's for Rotherham game, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three-one to Wednesday. Oh, three-one! Come on, come on. Who's who's going to yeah. score uh, the first goal? Uh, I think Ugbo. I reckon Ugbo's going to get another couple. We'll be two-nil up at half-time. They'll get a, I don't know, some scabby, <laughs> deflected, scabby deflected goal or something. or something. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it'll be 88th minute to seal it, three-one, um, and I'll go with Iequa. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm going to. It'll celebrate. It'll celebrate in front of their fans, and there'll be all sorts of kicking off. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go super. I know what I've said a bit. Been a bit apprehensive. I'm going to go super positive. I'm going to go four nil. Absolute demolition of the Millers. Um, wow. It's easy to say Ek Ugbo to score first, but you've already gone for that one. Jan Pavard is going to open his account uh, and get a, and get a goal. Um, and do his, you know, fist pumping. He's going. He's going to run. He's going to score in the opposite end. He's going to run the full length of pitch back to back to away fans. <laughs> um, do his fist pumping and and whatever else. And um, and yeah, didn't he? Didn't Jan do a, a backflip or something to it when he when he scores? Or am I, I, I'm I imagining that. I don't know. I'm sure oh, he would. He'd be that. We've, he we've he would be that player it. to do it. To be honest, we've not seen a Will Volk's backflip, so we might be doing one of them. You never know. Yeah, looking at. It, 
Ihequa, Volks, um, Smacklesmith. Oh, yeah, Volks, Volks played there as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, did. he did, yeah. So the, these are a few players that have... Uh, that have played for Rotherham already. You can, you know what? Just, just on that, you can see we were mentioning Paul Valentin being a human and everyone, you know, football players and normal people. You can see why they, why they do it, can't you? It's literally down the road. You can stay where, stay where you're living. You know, it yeah. makes uh, it makes perfect sense. I'm sure there's a few others that um, I don't think they've got any that 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 were in our side. Richard Woods moved on now, and he? was he, was he still there? He's moved on, and he's it, he, Donny? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't irre- know where. He, I don't, is he still playing? He must be at least forty-eight. <laughs> yeah, ir- <laughs> irrelevant. Right, we're gonna wrap things up. Neil, I hope you've enjoyed it, mate. I've certainly enjoyed it. Anyway, it's been uh, it's been a good laugh. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Honestly, uh, thanks for accommodating me with the with the time difference. I know. Um, I know a little uh, Freddie will get you up and about earlier on Sunday morning anyway, but appreciate appreciate that. And uh, yeah, anytime. And uh, yeah, just before I finish, I'll give a shout out to Chris, who you had on a few weeks ago, because he, he did to me. Uh, a couple of Aussie mates down here, Jamie as well, and uh, Scott. So yeah, and I suppose I'll give a shout out to my cousin Sam, but it rang, it rang me at midnight last night and... Um, singing Deshaun Bernard down phone to me and I were asleep so I weren't very happy <laughs> <laughs> well it could have been worse I, I guess uh, uh, yeah right Magic Neil thanks very much for me I do really appreciate it. I hope everyone's uh, enjoyed listening to this uh, um, we actually you know if you want to listen to to more of us you can listen to Extra Time uh, just uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash WTID pod uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to be talking about you and your life in Australia and following Sheffield Wednesday We've already done it. We did it yesterday. So, uh, yeah. We've, yeah, uh, we already did it. So, <laughs> but, but, we know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. So, you can listen to that. Some great, uh, great stories from you, from yourself, from your time following Sheffield Wednesday from the other side of the world. Um, so, yeah, make sure you head over to patreon.com uh, and listen to that. There is a seven-day free trial, so there's no excuse not to go and listen to it. Thank you very much, everyone, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers, guys. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.